Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Black Magic, which is my podcast about tarot and astrology and pop culture. And I pull a tarot card and talk about my thoughts and impressions and hope that it connects with you and resonates. I'm Sarah Black. I'm an extremely powerful witch and amateur advice giver and podcaster. So yeah, if you're new here, this is my second episode. I now have new and improved audio. I've learned some lessons since my last first episode, and that is primarily don't pay $40 for a cheap, tiny microphone off Amazon and expect professional-level sound. Uh, I'm also digging into GarageBand for the first time in my life and learning how to record and edit, and that has been a pretty fun little journey for me. So, yeah, that's been my week. <laughs> um, okay, well, I guess we can just dive right into... The card of the week, which is the Seven of Cups. If you remember from last week, I talked about the Seven of Pentacles. So we've got seven as a theme here, and I could talk a little bit about that. So sevens in the tarot deck are generally associated with choices, possibilities, opportunities, dreams, wishes. And when we talked about the seven of pentacles last week that was primarily focused on mm, like the results of your efforts the the rewards that you reap from like the opportunities that you pursue and whether or not those are aligned with your true calling um they're very like almost not necessarily material but it's like that end result Whereas with the Seven of Cups, this is more about the opportunities themselves that you're pursuing. And like it focuses on the the choices that you make. So before I get into like all of the symbolism and meaning behind this, I'll give a bit of a description and I'll talk about the... Waite Smith deck first. Last week I was calling it the Rider Waite deck, but actually all of the illustration in the traditional tarot deck that most people know was done by a woman called Pamela Coleman Smith, I believe her name is. And she kind of got like brushed aside and this tarot deck was named was known as the Rider Waite deck for a really long time. Rider is the name of the publisher, and Waite is the name of the man who wrote all of the like card meanings, a little guidebook that goes with the deck. But Pamela Coleman Smith did all of the illustration, and I mean that's kind of the main gig with the tarot deck. Then, like the the guidebook is important too, but you can kind of derive your own meaning from the cards themselves without needing that that guidebook so the illustrated cards are really really important and the fact that she was just kind of dismissed and brushed aside is fucking classic patriarchy so uh i'm going to refer to it as the Waite smith deck now but as i was kind of saying that's like the more the traditional deck that most people are familiar with 
So in the Seven of Cups card from the Waite Smith deck, we see a figure silhouetted and in front of them they have seven cups and each cup contains a different object. And all of the objects have different like symbolism behind them. And each of those um, represent like a different aspect of life or a different like choice to be made or path to be explored. And I think looking at the Wild Unknown deck that I use for my readings, I think it gives us like a little bit more an added context to consider. So for the Wild Unknown Seven of Cups, we have a black sky with a crescent moon at the top overlooking white mountains and on these mountains are seven cups six or three on either side in an upright position and then a cup in the center that's overturned upside down and then at the very bottom of the card there's a bright yellow sun so when we invert this card we get a different picture almost the opposite where we have a bright yellow sun in the white sky the seven cups with three on either side overturned and then one in the center that's in an upright position and then at the bottom we have these black mountains with a crescent moon so when I take the imagery of each of these versions of the card into consideration I really get this impression of we have an overwhelming number of choices to make in our lives every single day. And I'm not just talking about like the big life decisions to make, but just like everywhere. I feel like we live in an era right now of choices and distractions. I mean, a really good example of this, I think, is I will have nothing in my fridge to make dinner except for maybe some cream cheese and some bagels in the freezer. And uh, so I decide that I want to order something in and I go on the food delivery apps and I scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. And suddenly I realize that I've been scrolling for like an hour because I just cannot make up my mind about what I want to eat. There are way too many options. And so I get fed up and I end up closing the app and I eat a bagel for dinner. And that (laughs) happens more often than I would like it to. I think Netflix is another really good example. Like how often have you decided that you want to watch a movie And you start scrolling through Netflix and the scrolling just like never ends until, you know, two hours later, you realize that you have to go to bed in like an hour. (laughs) So you put on an episode of a show that you've already seen 500 times because that just seems easier than making a decision. I feel like we get so overwhelmed with choice that we're not able to actually choose one and so we just become stuck we become like paralyzed it's kind of funny because I feel like this was something that I talked about in the last episode where I was having a conversation with someone about 
different courses that they wanted to take and how they were having a hard time like choosing one and I feel like I can completely relate to that I feel like I am a multi-passionate person which is a TikTok (laughs) definition that I recently became aware of where I think it's like something that's very like ADHD adjacent but multi-passionate people are basically people who don't really feel like they have one true calling like I don't know if you guys ever knew people when you were in school or when you were younger who just like knew exactly what they wanted to be or maybe you know them now like people who have just got their shit figured out they're like this is what I'm here to do for example I have a friend who is a doctor and I feel like that's something that like is so extremely difficult to become like the the process of going through med school and the the work and effort and time and money (laughs) that goes into that like I just kind of feel like you really have to want that and you really have to like know that that is something that like that's like your calling in life like maybe I'm wrong um I also have heard (laughs) stories about people who are in med school that have made me think god damn some doctors are stupid as shit (laughs) like uh so I don't know I don't know I've always had this impression of like that's a a profession that I feel like you have to really want to do but it's just an example um maybe there yeah other careers maybe you have people who have always kind of known exactly what they wanted to be and that is not relatable to me I don't understand that I've never known what I've wanted to be it has changed probably from year to year every single year that I've been alive I've wanted to be a veterinarian because I love animals I've wanted to be a dancer I've wanted to be a singer I've wanted to be an actress I wanted to go to art school I wanted to be a psychologist I want to be a writer like whatever the fuck that means I just I have so many different like passions and interests in life that like it becomes nearly impossible for me to like pick one because as soon as I pick one I get bored of it and I want to do something else um which is like (laughs) the same goes for me being a creative of any kind like me being a creative person I have started and stopped so many different projects in my life I don't know if I could even count them I have so many ideas (laughs) all the time Um, and that's like one of my biggest strengths and one of my biggest weaknesses is like having any follow through. So (laughs) to sum that up, I often find myself just like at the, the precipice of making decisions and just feeling absolutely overwhelmed and stuck. Uh, I don't know where to start. And to get back to this conversation that I was having with this person, uh, I was telling them that you know, it's almost worse to, it's not almost, it is worse, I think, now that I'm later in life, (laughs) I think I've realized that it is worse to not start anything at all than to start something and it be, it turning out to be the wrong thing. And the reason that I think that is because I think that when you at least start 
something and it ends up being the wrong choice for you you still get like a learning experience out of that and you still get a chance to like know yourself better and to grow and know better like what you need for next time whereas if you never start anything at all you just never learn anything about yourself you don't have the the mistakes to gain experience from so you're just forever like standing on the side of the pool of life while everyone else has like dove in and is having a great time swimming around you're just kind of sitting on the sidelines being a passive observer and I also think that part of that fear that keeps us from making a decision it's almost like a a control thing it's we are keeping like such a tight fist on like what's known to us that we're like incapable of stepping out into the unknown because we're trying to protect ourselves from being disappointed or like from a vulnerability of like finding out that we've made the wrong decision so it's yeah it's like this instinct for protection but it ends up like being a negative to us because we don't ever get the chance to like fail and build our character from that and like test our own strengths and like our resilience I think something about life is that it can sometimes just kick the shit out of you and it's awful and you cry and you drink too much and you go through cycles of depression but then eventually I mean this has been my experience so far across my fingers because I know life's not through with me yet but like I've come through it a more resilient person. Um, so I think sometimes it is good to make mistakes and make the wrong choices so that you can then kind of like learn and carry that lesson with you into whatever comes next for you. With all of that in mind, I think that there are still ways that we can ensure that we're not making choices that are completely off the mark. As great as it is to make mistakes and learn from them, I think there are still ways that we can like minimize how big of an impact the mistake has on us. Because if we kind of look at the at the Wait Smith deck card again, all of those like objects that are contained within the cups have different meanings and some of some of them are good like the wreath represents victory um the you know the castle can represent like home security or or wealth then we have like other ones like the snake which traditionally symbolizes like temptation and deception same with the mask that can be like illusions so even though we want to be really aware of not becoming paralyzed by having so many choices, we also can do things to make sure that we're making the right ones when it comes to that time. It's about balancing caution with taking action and just like not allowing ourselves to get too bogged down in weighing the pros and cons and being able to kind of like take that leap and have faith in ourselves and the process of learning and life 
but it's not just about making the choice it's about making meaningful choices and being mindful of where we direct our energy and attention being selective about like what where we put that um so that we're not spreading ourselves too thin and the the actions that we're taking when we make those choices are actually effective and impactful uh with that in mind i think it's really easy to say we'll just make like really meaningful choices in your life (laughs) like how do you actually do that how do you especially as like a multi-passionate person or somebody who isn't really doesn't really feel I guess compelled or called to one specific way of being Um, and I'm kind of talking about all of this in the context of careers but I think it like applies to any area in life you know your creative projects or you know where you want to live I mean that's something that I have had in mind the last few years uh, I've lived in Montreal and all of my family is back in BC and most of my very good friends so sometimes I wonder if I'm wasting my time here in Montreal and if I should just move back to BC sooner rather than later Um, And then another part of me is like, I want to go live abroad. I have a dream to live in Italy by the ocean in a beautiful little villa. (laughs) So I don't know. There's just how do you make a choice when there's so much out there? I think that the Wild Unknown card actually speaks to this a little bit. Again, we have two different perspectives here in the card depending on its position by the light of the moon we have six upright cups by the light of the sun we have one upright cup and to me this has like an astrological context to it astrology is something that I've always been really interested in as like a witchy person but it's not something that I've really understood until the last couple of years when I started to learn more about it and I still feel like I don't like I still don't understand so much of it astrology is such a complex system with like many different factors to take into consideration so I always kind of now that I am a little bit more informed I scoff a little bit at the way that astrology is talked about on social media and in pop culture in general like you know looking at all Gemini's as villains for as an example um, I think is really silly because first of all like what kind of Gemini is it a Gemini sun Gemini moon Gemini rising like what are we talking about here and then like all the other planets in your chart are also impacting like your personality and what makes you up as a person so it's really silly to like write people off based on one one aspect but that's a conversation for another time um but as I was saying like yeah the more that I learn about my birth chart and the more I kind of understand myself the more it has guided me into like having a better understanding of who I am and you know, Chani Nicholas is somebody that I talk about a lot <laughs> in my personal life, in my work life. 
Um, she has a great podcast within her app called the Chani app, which is also a fantastic resource that has like all the information you need to know about your birth chart. And then she also has a book, which is something that my sister gifted to me a couple of years ago. It's called You Were Born for This, Astrology for Radical Self-Acceptance. And I feel like that book really helped me better understand like what my purpose is in life, what helps motivate me, what, you know, really kind of fires me up. So to me, like that was like a really great way to better, you know, get to know myself because I felt like that was something that I really lacked in life beforehand. Having said that, like if astrology is not your thing, then that's also okay. There are many other ways that you can get to know yourself. Maybe you're a Myers-Briggs type person or um, that's the only one that comes to mind. But like there's all these tests out there, all these like personality assessments that help you better know who you are and what motivates you, what drives you. A really good one that I took like years ago but I recently like revisited it was a it's called strength finders and it basically identifies like your top 10 strengths and ever since like I've learned that in combination with like the more that I learn about my birth chart and and how it impacts me it's kind of just like allowed for me to have a better understanding of who I am and therefore has helped me make better choices for myself that are more aligned with who I really am Um, so I think it's really interesting that with the wild unknown seven of cups we have just the one cup that the sun is shining down on when we are looking at the card with the sun at the top of the card and then in the flipped position when the moon is at the top of the card we have these six upright cups and to me that kind of speaks to my multi-passionate tendencies where I don't ever think I'm going to be happy with one cup (laughs) but I think that there are certain strengths that I have and passions that I have that really align with who I am and I can use those to guide the decisions that I make. So I'll talk a little bit about my birth chart and also my top strengths to kind of illustrate my point here. I'm an Aries rising which means I like to headbutt my way through life. I am very much about that leap first and figure it out as you go which should be pretty obvious I think at this point I'm also a Sagittarius sun so this means that I love to explore in a physical sense I love travel but I also love to explore new ideas and learn new things and all of the findings that I come across as a result, I love to share that with the people in my life. And I think the combination of those two placements gives me a really deep need for autonomy and independence. I really need to forge my own path and be 
entrepreneurial I think that's what really makes me happy is I don't like doing what other people tell me to do I don't like being told what to do I really prefer to kind of lead myself and figure things out on my own another thing too is that my son is in the ninth house which is typically associated with publishing travel philosophy um, education higher learning that type of thing so that I think makes sense as well in terms of like always being thirsty for the next thing the new thing learning and growing and then in addition to that we have my top strengths which are adaptability ideation intellection relating and communicating and I think all of that combined with the placements of my sun and rising signs have helped me better understand what kind of projects to choose to work on in terms of both my you know creative work and also the work that pays my bills (laughs) Um, because those are two very different things for a long time I was really bought into this idea of you know your living has to be what you're passionate about like if you know you love the work that you do then you're never really working that whole kind of idea and I know that there are people out there who are very lucky to be able to do that. They are able to do the thing that they love and make money off of it. But I think that is very rare. I think it's a lot more rare than we tell people. And it's just not realistic. I think it's really privileged for a select few And meanwhile, the rest of us have to pay rent and buy groceries and, you know, make a living of some kind. So I've been taking this framework of my birth chart details and these strengths and using it to identify opportunities to flex those strengths at my current job instead of just being miserable about not being in the job that I think I want to be in and honestly it's been really successful I've had a good couple years since I've started doing this I've promoted twice I'm making more money and I'm not miserable all the time which is kind of the best thing I work with cool people that I like I have plenty of you know opportunity to be adaptable working in tech and ideating and intellecting and relating and communicating like all of those things are very much a big part of what I do for my work that pays me Um, and then I've been really because I've been so much less miserable (laughs) my day job it's allowed me to be more creative in my downtime and you know the point of this whole newsletter and now this podcast was to kind of key into those those strengths of ideation and intellection and and communicating obviously is a big one and I've been having fun (laughs) mostly aside from the crippling writer's block and falling into a pit of despair when I can't get a sentence to sound the way that I want it to 
I really like writing this newsletter and I really love to hear when somebody messages me and tells me that they really connected with something that I wrote that they needed to hear it it makes me feel so fulfilled like it makes me it affirms that like this is the thing that I really want to be doing right now and it makes me want to keep doing it um, both with the newsletter and now with podcasting (laughs) so to bring it all back to (laughs) let's get back on track to the card the wild unknown card and the cups and the moon and the sun I think that it's significant that there are many cups that are upright depending on your perspective and to me I think that kind of tells me that you need more than to just pour all of your energy into the sun cup you need the moon cups as well you need to have fulfillment in your work as well as your creative life and even beyond that like there's more to life than what pays your bills there's more to life than the creative project that you're obsessing over you need walks out in nature you need you know delicious dinners with friends you need books and art that inspire you Um, you need to meet new people and learn new languages and you know like all those things that kind of like fill up the many cups that you have but you can use that sun cup that is representative of your strengths and your birth chart or whatever framework you use your values that kind of give you this idea of what choices are going to fill that cup wow (laughs) I really rambled there I think that's all I really have to say about the Seven of Cups. Thank you for listening to all of that if you're still here. And uh, I guess this is the part where I do an outro. I don't know when I'll do another episode. This podcasting is really fun, but also more work than I thought it was going to be. But we'll see. (laughs) Um, Thanks for tuning in. Oh, God. (laughs) Goodbye.